Welcome to the CC Broadcast, part of Christian Crusaders, radio and internet ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Pastor Tim Butker, as he begins his series, The Roman Road, with an introduction to the author. Well, good morning and welcome to the CC Broadcast. We are so glad to have you joining us in this time of worship as we turn towards the Lord in song and worship and praise and open the scriptures to allow him and the work of his spirit to speak to us in our hearts and continue to bring us that life, that spiritual life that only he can awaken in us. Thank you for taking time to worship with us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pause for a moment to acknowledge your presence here with us. We thank you for the, the gift of the airways which allows us to come together and join in worshiping you in unified way through song and through praise. Minister to us in this time that we've set apart. Speak to us in your word. Open our hearts that we might receive that which you have for us today. Thank you, God, for being so good, so kind, so merciful to us. We praise you, Father. Thank you. Be with us now in Jesus' name.
Well, I'm so excited to be bringing to you an introduction today to the book of Romans as we embark on this journey, which I am referring to as the Roman road, as we work our way through this letter that Paul wrote to the believers in Rome some 2,000 years ago. And Paul begins this letter, known as the book of Romans, saying this in Romans 1, 1 through 8. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his human nature, was a descendant of David, and who, through the spirit of holiness, was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, come have mercy on us. Come men and world we separate. We are divided over things that are not your heart. Spirit, come show us the way. Oh, hallelujah, Christ is with us. In Him we live and move and breathe. So with this breath inside our lungs now and forever we will sing. We will sing and we will stay. Father, we come for forgiveness. We have surrendered to fears of our
Well, I am so excited to be embarking on this journey called the Roman Road with you, traveling through this letter that Paul wrote to the believers in Rome. He's once known as Saul. And of course, this letter is is probably the most extensive description of the Christian life, the transformation that can occur through the work of Jesus, what Jesus accomplished for us, and then practical instructions on Christian living in our world in all of the letters in the New Testament. It is, it is said to be sort of the Magna Carta of doctrine. Samuel Taylor Coleridge called the letter to the Romans the profoundest piece of writing in existence. Martin Luther, the one who started the Protestant Reformation, and says it's the chief book of the New Testament. It deserves to be known by heart by every Christian. John Chrysostom said it's never been outdone in eloquence. It's called the Cathedral of the Christian Faith. Sidlow Baxter wrote, this is Paul's magnum opus, the most important book in the Bible. More than any other, it has determined the course of Christian thought. I mean, it's one of the grandest books in the scriptures. And I want to remind you today that Romans was actually written, co-authored by, you might say, three authors. We understand that Romans, being a part of the scripture, was inspired by God himself. I mean, penned by the very spirit of God. All scripture is God-breathed. We know this. It's it's breathed through human beings, the, the pen, the papyrus paper, the writing in through the spirit and the soul of men down through history. And, and one of them was Paul. So God authored this book through Paul, who was once known as Saul. It has been said that Romans was most likely written from the city of Corinth, probably while Paul was on his third missionary journey. S. Lewis Johnson wrote these descriptive words about the writings of Romans. It was in the winter in the city of Corinth, the vanity fair of the ancient world, the Paris of the first century. Two quiet and dignified men, guests in the house of Gaius, a Christian businessman there in Corinth, sat down to engage in the work of correspondence, writing this letter to the believers in Rome. Paul, the older of the two, a man who appeared to be in his late 50s at this time, prepared himself to dictate a letter to the younger whose name was Tertius. The words on the papyrus scroll which flowed from the hand of Tertius would be sufficient to change the course of the history of the Western world. These two men undertook a mutual project to write a letter in the winter of A.D. 57. Paul himself had a scroll. As he formulated this letter, a younger man penned it for him, and then it was sent off to the believers in Rome. I want you to understand today, as we dive into this letter, a little bit about this man named Paul, who was once known as Saul. The very first thing he writes at the beginning of this letter, or or his scroll pens for him, is it's Paul a servant of Jesus Christ, a servant of Christ Jesus. But it was not always so. We read about this man named Saul before he became Paul in the book of Acts, and we we learn a lot about him there. He was a passionate man. There's no question this man was deeply passionate. We, we learn about him first in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is giving witness to the resurrected Christ before the Sanhedrin, which was a governing religious body in Jerusalem. And as he lays out the history of the people of Jerusalem's rebellion against God, they become angry with him and stone him. 
We pick it up here in Acts chapter 7, verse 51, when Stephen says to them, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You're, you're not open to hearing from the Lord, he says. You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Almighty God. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, speaking and then of Jesus again, the one who came that they crucified. And now you've betrayed and murdered him, he says to them. You have received the law that was put into effect through angels, but have not obeyed it. When they heard this, Acts chapter 7, verse 54 says this. They were furious, gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. God was touching Stephen in this moment where he was before the Sanhedrin and he was now about to be persecuted and martyred for the Christian faith. It's a reminder to us that God sees all and he knows all. And the scripture says this, at this they covered their ears and yelling, at the top of their voices. I mean, they became a mob. They all rushed at him. I mean, we see this happen in the world today. People can lose their minds, and it's just a reminder that we're in a spiritual battle, and we can lose our our oarings, our compass, as the Sanhedrin did here. They covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Here here we're introduced to the writer of many of the letters in the New Testament known as Saul who would become Paul. Here he is a young man. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. And then we hear again about Saul. Saul was there giving approval to his death. And on that day there, from there forward in Jerusalem, persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. This is when the church started to spread through persecution. Godly men buried Stephen there and mourned deeply for him. But Saul, this this author we're getting to know, began to destroy the church. I said he was passionate. He began to destroy the church going from house to house. He dragged off men and women, men and women who knew the Lord Jesus, who claimed to be followers of the way, and he put them in prison. It is clear to see that Paul is a passionate man. Now we pick up his story again in Acts chapter 9, and we see something else about Paul. He's a man who had a powerful conversion. He was still breathing out murderous threats as the days went by and and the believers in Christ continued to share the news of the resurrected Christ. Saul was still tormenting them and trying to intimidate them and bully them. And then he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, 140 miles away. He was a passionate man. He would travel for miles just to eliminate Christianity, to get rid of Christians. He, he, he asked for a letter to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, followers of the way, followers of Christ, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem, haul them all the way back to Jerusalem. 
And he's on the road to Damascus to persecute the church, fighting against the church, breathing out murderous threats against the disciples of Christ. And as he nears Damascus on his journey, suddenly, the scripture tells us, a light from heaven flashed around him. Now, this is sort of a divine normalcy. When, when heaven opens up, there's light. This is the God who is light. There are so much testimony to those who've had near-death experiences or encountered something with the Lord. Even, even you look at the Christmas story, you see the divine nature of this encounter. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute? Other versions say, Saul, Saul, how long will you kick against me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. Now, Saul was persecuting followers of Jesus, but yet now he understands he's encountered a Lord. He's, he's encountered an authority, someone strong, someone mighty, someone who's, who's knocked him to the ground. A light flashed around him, and this voice says to him, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now the men traveling with Saul, they stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. So Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. We're getting to know a little bit about this man named Saul who would become Paul and write this letter to the believers in Rome. In Damascus, then, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. He sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. The scripture then tells us Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. He was going there to kill him. And this powerful conversion now has him becoming friends with the disciples. He's been through a miraculous transformation and his eyes have been opened to see now the reality of the Christ. It says that once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. 
But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. And when he came back to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples there. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Here's a man who's passionate, we see, who had a powerful conversion and is deeply persistent. I want you to know these things about Paul as we get into his letter. When he opened his letter and said to us, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, he was not kidding. This is who he was. And he was told how much he must suffer in his service to Christ. I want to end today's message just sharing with you some of what the scripture tells us about how this passionate man who had a powerful conversion persisted for Jesus throughout much of his life up into his 50s before he wrote this letter. He says, to those in Corinth, he says this, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day on the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked besides everything else. And this is after he'd traveled and had many conversions sharing about Jesus. He said, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all these churches in all these cities. Uh, this was a man who I can't even totally get my brain around his life. And we're going to learn from his letter to those in Rome. This passionate man who had a powerful conversion and persisted in following Jesus through great resistance, great pain, great suffering. He is a model for us, friends, in the likeness of Christ himself. I mean, we have much to learn from Paul. I hope just hearing about this it excites you about learning from him in his letter. Let's pray together. Father, as we embark on this year and look through Paul's letter to those in Rome, speak to us in a way that only you can. Open our hearts. May our hearts be circumcised, cut open, our ears cut open, so we can hear from you in this year, be taught by you, be instructed by you. For all of this scripture is breathed by you, and it's useful for teaching us, instructing us, and training us in right living. Give us ears to hear, Father. We pray it in Jesus' name.
This is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible, and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. But I grabbed that thing, and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean, I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head, and I I heard it just like you and me are talking. Don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And mm. I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me again of 
how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. Like, <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded, and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.